sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in on this Tuesday morning. How about that? So taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, not 2 a.m. 7 a.m. Eastern time uh, on this uh, Tuesday, as we always do, Monday through Friday. On uh, Sundays, it's 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. But uh, go over some of the uh, NFL stuff, uh, some uh, NBA, some college basketball. We didn't get into first hour at little NHL talk as well. Uh, baseball stuff. Now, you would think you got to play unders in Major League Baseball games, right? Uh, as you heard, maybe uh, they're going to deaden the baseball. I don't know how they're going to do that, but we'll get into that uh, as well and some of the other baseball rules. Still don't know if we're going to have a season. Uh, that, that we don't know, but we do know that if they, we do, if we have double headers, they're going to be seven inning games, and if we have extra inning games, uh, they're going to have a runner on second base to start the extra inning. That we know, but you know, try and figure out if we're actually going to play baseball. That's still to be determined. I tell you, it is amazing with these baseball players and owners. It, it is just remarkable how they cannot get on the same page. It really, you know, here we are. It's February 9th. You know, pitchers and catchers are supposed to report literally in about a week. And we don't even know if there's going to be a season or not. Or if there is, when it's going to start, more importantly. I mean, I'm sure there will be. But when is it going to start? Is it going to be April 1st like it should be? Is it going to be, you know, June? Is it going to be July? Is it going to be March? I mean, it's going to, you know, it's just, why does life have to be so difficult? You know, as you get older, you do appreciate just having less grief in your life. You know, you really, you just like, just get it done, whatever, you know. Well, you want to start it a week later, start it a week later. You want to play 156 versus 162. What's the difference? Fine. You know, even if it means us, you know, having to swallow one week's worth of pay, what, what's the big deal? We're, you know, we're all making two, three, four million dollars, you know, a bare minimum for the most part. And if you're not making that, then you should have no say in what goes on anyway. So it, it's not like we're all going to go belly up if we play one last week. The owners are dumb enough to pay us for 162 anyway. So what? what is the, you know, who cares if we have 14 teams in a postseason or 12? If you got to have 14, you got to make a couple of extra bucks to pay our salary. You know, so what? I mean, I, I don't understand why there's got to be so much aggravation between these two sides. It, it's just, you would think there'd be enough money to go around. You, you really, you know, that's the one thing the NBA has for the most part is, you know, an agreement between the owners and the players that they're making literally billions of dollars find a way to come to a common ground. It, it really, it doesn't have to be that easy. Even with this all-star game, now the players don't want to go. And on the surface, it doesn't make sense. It, it really doesn't. You know, you're doing all these things, uh, protocol, wearing masks, left, right. I'm on the bench. I got to wear a mask. And yet somehow or another, despite all that, we're going to find a way to bring all these players to one arena and, and have an NBA all-star game for what? A meaningless game 
But then you have to appreciate, okay, you know what? Uh, TNT and company pay a gazillion dollars for that. ABC, whoever is doing the game, pays a gazillion dollars for that. And that's helping foot the bill for your regular season with no fans in the stands. You may not like it, but then you have to at least appreciate that. So they'll bitch and they'll complain, but they'll get it done. That's what it is, as we welcome in our full audience on a Tuesday morning. It's appreciating why the other side needs this. On the surface, does it make sense to have an all-star game? No, of course not. But if you want to get paid your $25, $35, $40 million a year, and we're not having fans in the stands, where do you think that money's coming from? You know, we're not, we're not the, you know, we don't have a printing press in our backyard here. It's coming from the TV networks, and the TV networks won an all-star game. So if you want us to agree to this, you know, pay you full salary, then you're going to have to agree to that. So they get it done, the NBA players. They do, as crazy as that sounds. MLB, boy, they just, boy, they, they just hate each other. I, I don't know Rob Manfred from a hole in the wall. But he must have zero public relations ability. He just, just zero to get along with the Players Association. It's just amazing. And and as we've talked about before, the Players Association, they're the ones that get the bad look. Owners look like, okay, you know, they are what they are. It's the players that are getting really, to me, the, the bad look. Uh, so we got some agreements. Now, now, you would think with Major League Baseball, right, you got to be betting unders uh, when the season finally gets underway, if it finally gets underway. They've deadened the ball, they said yesterday. Now, they're saying, because there were so many home runs last year, um, they're going to deaden the baseball, really two years ago, they're going to deaden the baseball this year. The ball is supposed to go one to two feet shorter on the average ball hit 350 feet. Now, how in the fudge are they determining that? Are you kidding me? I mean... What they do? They go out there and get get Jose Canseco to hit 150 baseballs, 350 feet, and see how far they flew this year compared to two years ago. I mean, how, how do they know this? No way, no freaking way. The, the, it's either going to be no difference whatsoever, or there's going to be a big difference. So now the prevailing thinking would be there's going to be a big difference, right? So I'm thinking bet unders. I'm curious to see what the over-under totals will be, but I generally go opposite of what everyone's going to do, and I think everyone will bet unders, but you know, everyone likes to bet an over regardless. I think you're going to see some interesting lines the first weeks or two of the Major League Baseball season. But that is a long, long, long ways to go. For now, we got college basketball, little hockey talk, little NBA talk, all coming up next right here on Opposite Picture. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Got it in Garrett's hands with five to shoot. McCormick. To Wilson, Brown in the corner, has to toss one up, gets the roll. He knows that corner pretty well. He's made a few of those this year from deep. A turnover, Abachi tosses ahead to Wilson. That's blocked by Cunningham from behind. Abachi swoops in, and it's a blocking foul on Cunningham. In 20 Kansas games. 
three on the way for Cunningham. It's down. 143 to go in the game and a timeout called by Mike Boynton. State team at the end of the year. Puts up a three here. Got it. And the starters have accounted for everything else. Very similar to Saturday when they had four bench points and all five in double figures, but that was a loss. Anderson forces up a wild one. McCormick another rebound and he's fouled by Kuma. Oklahoma State against the top 10 team on Saturday in Texas. So a good win for KU. 78-66. It looks All right, there you go. A little uh, Kansas basketball last night. As uh, ESPN had the call there, as uh, we welcome you back 13 minutes past the hour, hour number two of our little uh, two-hour extravaganza on this Tuesday morning. Let's check out some college basketball, then we'll delve into some of the lines uh, for uh, today's games. We got opposite picks coming up here uh, in a little bit, as we always do, 20 past the hour. Um uh, yeah, Kansas did beat uh, Oklahoma State, winning going away 78-66. They win by 12 as a, you know, it opened up as a four-and-a-half point favorite. When we uh, when I did the opposite picks, which I posted on the website, there was four-and-a-half. That went all the way up to six-and-a-half. Um, you know, maybe if, if you're lucky, you got it to seven or so, but it, it didn't matter as Kansas wins going away. I did like the Jayhawks yesterday. You know, every once in a while, yesterday is going to be one of those true testaments of challenging opposite picks because you're going to have which – you know, you end up picking things right. We went 5-1 and one yesterday. Uh, I'll go over the, those uh, here in a second. But Ohio State knocked off Maryland, another one that I like, laying just three, beat the Terps uh, 73-65. The tough one yesterday, Gonzaga-BYU. Mm, mm, mm. Line is 10.5. Zags undefeated, number one team in the country, 18-0, taking on BYU. Pretty good team, 16-5. Um, you know, they struggled a little bit against the, the better teams that they faced, but obviously 16 and five, you know, pretty good club. Uh, did like the Zags lane 10 and a half, you know, basically their numbers this year have been in the twenties, literally every single game. So getting Gonzaga lane 10 and a half against anybody, you know, appears golden. All right. But if you're BYU, you know, maybe you put a couple of shekels on BYU. Maybe you said, uh, okay, you know what? This is going to be their Super Bowl. I, I'm going to play a hunch here. Uh, you know, give me the Cougars at home, you know, getting double digits. When's the last time that's happened? So things not looking good. You're down 10 at the half if you got BYU. Uh, it, it's up to 15. It's up to 17. It's up to 18. Things not looking good, obviously. There's, uh, it's up to 19. You know, BYU is trailing uh, 68-49 with nine minutes left. You're holding on to a 10.5-point ticket, not looking good. It's up to 21 with 7.52 left after a Jalen Suggs layup. Uh, you're down 21-70-49, not looking good with that 10.5-point ticket. BYU cuts into it a little bit. Six-minute mark, you're down 17. You're thinking, all right, I got a shot. Uh, it's down to 15. Then it's back up to 17 with four and a half minutes left. And you're thinking, eh, it's down to 15. It's up to 18 now with two and a half minutes left. It's going to be a loser. It's going to be a stinking BYU team. Oh, what do I got to be nuts to put American money on BYU against Gonzaga? What are you kidding me? 78-60, 230 left. 
BYU hits a three to make it a 15-point game, 78-53. Eh, it's not going to happen. Another minute goes by, no scoring. Eh, it's not going to happen. 78-53 with a minute eight left. Another 10 seconds goes by, 58 seconds left, 78-53 still. I need five points in the final minute. Eh, it's not going to happen. BYU basketball, they get a layup. With 54 seconds left, they cut it to 13. Ooh, maybe this will happen. I got a shot here. I need one stop and one possession. I need a three, but I got a shot here. Zags turn it over. BYU steal with 50 seconds left. Jumper cuts it to 78-67. 49 seconds left. I'm down 11. BYU timeout. I don't know why, but they think they're in this basketball game to win it, unless the head coach has BYU plus 10.5 as well. But otherwise, why would you call a timeout with 49 seconds left down double digits, right? Who cares? I'm sitting at a 10.5-point ticket. Let's play some defense, BYU. BYU missed the jumper after Gonzaga gets the ball back with 24 seconds left. I need one lousy stinking buckets. They get a bucket with 16 seconds left. They cut it to nine. I'm going to win. I'm going to cover after trailing by 18 with two and a half minutes left. Oh, this is going to be sweet, sweet, sweet indeed. BYU down nine with 16 seconds left calls another timeout. Oh, thank God. You're not scoring nine points in 16 seconds. Don't tell me you're going to foul. Please don't tell. Just let them run out the clock, please, and lose by nine. They foul. They hit both free throws. Now you're back down 11. 81 or 80-69. 12 seconds left. All right. One possession. You know what? If you told me down 18, I'd have one possession to get one bucket and cover the spread, I would have taken it. You know, we're down 18 with two and a half minutes left, holding on to a 10 and a half point uh, ticket. I'll take it. If you want to offer me that, I'll take it. So we got 12 seconds left. We're down 11. One bucket, and we cover the spread. Foul on BYU. What are you playing defense for, BYU? Oh, actually, excuse me. I jumped the gun. Um, Brandon Averett makes a layup for BYU. They cut it to 80-71. Ball game over. Put the card out of the bag there. They foul. BYU does with six seconds left. You're down nine and you're playing the foul game. Zaga hits the first free throw, 81-71. Here we go. Last chance. Zaga hits the second free throw. Zags win it 82-71 because these mopes decide to foul down nine with six seconds left. Oh, gosh. You know, the next time I see a team make a nine-point deficit comeback with six seconds left, I'll go back and say I was wrong for ripping BYU. But what? are you do what is BYU doing calling timeouts with 
16 seconds left and 49 seconds left and fouling with six seconds left. I mean, I, and I can't even say the game was rigged the wrong, because it was going the wrong way. They weren't going to cover. I mean, this is, some of these coaches are just brain dead when it comes to this stuff. I mean, you know, come on. You're going to make up nine points with six seconds left. Really? You want to tell me, well, it's just a procedural thing. Yeah, you know what? If they were trailing by two, three, four, five, six points most of the way, and you're in that foul rhythm, and it just happened to have got to nine, and you kind of lose focus a little bit, that, that, I would understand that. But when you're trailing by 18 with two and a half minutes left, and you've been trailing by 15 to 18 points the entire second half, basically, the game has been over forever. You, you shouldn't be in that foul mold. Man, they, they fouled with six seconds left and lose by 11, and you lose by the hook. Oh, that's Thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. Wow. Opposite picture 20 minutes right there. Serious exception. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. His runner short, cleaned up by Hayward. Over the top, and down it goes for Biombo. come up big as we talked about against the Houston Rockets back to the NBA we'll check out the lines for today's games uh college basketball and hockey lines as well don't forget opposite picks coming up here uh in about 20 minutes or so uh to the poll question what MLB rule do you hate the most from last year with the MLB folks saying that they're going to have seven NDH games again this season and start uh with a runner on second base on extra inning games and uh, those two leading the way Runner on second base to start an extra inning game, 51% of the vote. That is the the, the goofiest one. I, I think you're right about that so far, Polars. Uh, seven inning DH games, not far behind. I suppose I could live with the expanded postseason, although I, I must say, you know, playing 150, whatever it ends up being, 56, 62, if they play the whole season, playing 150-plus games to eliminate, like, four teams. I mean, that that is really idiotic, you know? That, that, that's just, you know, but you got to do what you have to do, I suppose. I don't know, but that that's a little weird. DH in both leagues uh, getting only 7.5% of the vote. Expanded postseason getting uh, about 12% of the vote. Uh, in, in my order, it would be... Um, I really, I don't like, you know, there's got to be more DH games than there will be extra inning games, I think. Eh, maybe there won't. Uh, you know what, I, you know... Yeah, I, I just I don't like the seven inning DH. I I, I don't I, that that really to me screws up the rules and everything a little bit more than starting a runner on second base. So mine would be the DH, then the runner on second base, 
then the uh, expanded postseason, and then uh, I actually liked the DH in both leagues. Like I said, I, I just want it uniformly set. Whether it's DH in both leagues, whether it's no DH, uh, come to me. I always have the answer. I think it should be both. What do you mean both? I, I think you should have a DH and have the pitcher bat. I really do. Uh, make it like you want to go softball, right? If you want to go seven inning DH and run around second base softball, dopey rules. Let's have the DH in both leagues and let's have the pitcher bat in both leagues. Solves everything. You know, for the players, they get to keep their older guys. They can't, you know, find a position to play in the game. Uh, the league's got to be happy because you're going to have the DH, which means one more big time bat in the lineup, which is what they want. They want runs scored. And for the purists out there, uh, they want to have the rule where, you know, you got to figure out if you're going to have a pitching change and, and everything else and pinch hitters. I think it's the perfect system. I really do. I would have both. I, I wonder seriously if they've actually suggested that and thought about that. I don't know what that would do to the lines. I don't think, you know, it's really not that big a difference between the American League and National League over under lines. There's a slight nod to, you know, maybe being a half a run higher in the AL. But, but if you put, you know, both the pitcher and the DH, I don't know if that would necessarily change things crazily. So, I really think it's a perfect scenario. Put both in there. Put the DH in there. You want to expand the roster by a, a guy or two? Who cares, right? If you have 27 guys, 28 guys, why would Major, why would Major League Baseball really care about that? You're just going to put a you know a minor league guy in there, bare minimum, pay him $250,000, $300,000, whatever the league minimum is. Probably about 400000 nowadays, to tell you the truth. But still, it's not going to you know cause any team to go belly up. Um and and uh, use the pitcher and the DH. I think that's the best way to go. But anyway, get your vote in at Opposite Picks, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Just emailed it out again or uh, tweeted it out again, and uh, we'll update that one more time before we are through. So let's check out some of the lines <coughs> Excuse me from this weekend, uh, from uh, today's games. NBA, got the, you know, your headline game is later on tonight, Utah at home against the Boston Celtics. Celtics in the uh, midst of a long West Coast trip. They've uh, done a halfway decent job. Utah is getting, uh, laying four. Uh, the Jazz have been on just a monster, monster run of late. I think it's now 14-1 and one straight up and against the spread. I, again, it's one of those games and teams in spots where you just, even if you're a Celtic fan as I am, You'd be nuts to bet the uh, the Boston Celtics. You'd be nuts to bet anybody against the Utah Jazz. I mean, anybody. I don't care if it's the Lakers. I don't care if it's uh, the Eastern Conference All-Stars. I mean, you don't go against 14 and then one straight up and against the spread numbers. You you just you don't get in front of a moving train, as the saying goes. So I'm surprised the line is as low as it is. I figured that would be closer to five and a half, six, to tell you the truth. I mean, there is this love affair for Boy Wonder and the Boston Celtics. Uh, they they get un, you know there are certain teams that get love with the boys in Vegas and there are certain teams that get ignored with the boys in Vegas and the Celtics are one of those teams that just gets love. This Celtic team is two games over five hundred, two games over five hundred, seven and seven on the road. Nothing special, not awful. Uh, they've had an unbalanced schedule in which they'll be playing their fifteenth road game against only eight uh, home games. So it's been a little difficult, twice as many games on the road so far this season, which might explain a little bit of that 12-10 and 10 mark. But with no fans in the stands, you know, it's really not that, that big a deal. So you have a 12-10 and 10 Boston Celtic team that's playing, you know, mediocre basketball. 
You're taking on a Utah Jazz team that's not only 19-5, and not only has the best record in the NBA, not only has the uh, best record in the Western Conference at home, 9-2, and not only has the second best record overall at home in the NBA behind only Philadelphia is 11-2, and not only has gone, uh, what I say, 14-1 and straight up and against the spread, uh, but has also gone 14-1 and covering the number, and yet you're only laying four. Wow. Uh, it's one of those TV games, though, Scott. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's on the uh, TNT network. So it's one of those nationally televised games in which I do like playing the underdog. I do. 10 o'clock start, unfortunately, but it is what it is. But I, I like I said, you, you got you'd be crazy to go against uh, Utah at this point. So I would say lay the four. I didn't put that in our opposite picks, uh, just because I did all college basketball uh, for tonight's games. But that's that's one that stands out. No over under number yet on FanDuel anyway with the Knicks and Miami Heat. But I would generally lay the uh, go with the under. Knicks are a strong under team, even though this past weekend. Uh, they did go over two teams, but Knicks are getting seven. Knicks actually playing halfway decent basketball. Uh, I told you about the Houston Rockets. Stay away from them. You don't even know who's playing, although all those guys that sat out last night are supposed to play tonight, but who knows, right? Uh, Nets and Pistons, another game in which Durant's got to sit out. Again, FanDuel doesn't have their over-under posted just yet, but uh, the Nets, what, uh, what are they, 15-2 and two now over but they went under their last game, way under. So I don't know, you know, way meaning like about seven points under. Don't know, you know, Durant's definitely not playing. He's got that COVID situation. Uh, that That's a strange game. I, I'd stay away from that. But, you know, if push came to shove, then you've got to go over with those uh, over-under numbers. Interesting line with Portland only laying four and a half at home against Orlando. Again, you would think the Jailblazers would be a little bit more than four and a half. How about Philadelphia laying only four and a half at Sacramento? Another strange line, right? I mean, Philadelphia's got the best record in the Eastern Conference, believe it or not. Uh, despite all the issues that they've had and the bickering and whatever, 17 and 7, although only 6 and 5 on the road. And now they're playing a Sacramento team that, um, you know, is playing a little bit better late. They, they have won four in a row. Maybe that explains it. Look, think about this. You look at the Western Conference, who right now, as we sit here on February 9th, would have suggested that the Utah Jazz would have the best record in the NBA, so obviously number one record in the Western Conference, not the Lakers, not the Clippers, but the Utah Jazz. How many people would have said the Phoenix Suns would be sitting in the number four hole? Maybe you would have said after last year and picking up Chris Paul that they would be you know, challenging for a playoff spot, but how many thought that they would have the fourth best record? How many people even maybe more surprisingly would th say that the San Antonio Spurs would have the fifth, uh, fifth best record? And then the, the Portland Jailblazers have the sixth best record. And then the Sacramento Queens have the seventh best record. And they may, maybe most surprisingly of all, you know, the Denver Nuggets, Western Conference finalists, have the only eighth best record at 12 and 11. Now, the Western Conference, boy, I'll, I'll tell you what. Eastern Conference, yeah. You want to tell me the Knicks stunk? Okay. You want to tell me the Cavaliers will stink? Okay. You want to tell me the Bulls will stink? Okay. You want to tell me the Wizards and Pistons are going to stink this year? Okay. Uh, you know, a little surprise with Miami. I didn't think they were going to duplicate last year's, uh, you know, playoff run, but I didn't think they'd be sitting here at 9-14. and 14. So that's a little bit of a surprise. But for the most part, 
you know, the, the Eastern Conference is, is what it is. You know, the big boys are on top, even though they don't have great records, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Boston. I, I think most people thought those were going to be the best four teams uh, in the Eastern Conference. But the Western Conference, boy, I'll tell you what, good luck betting on these guys. Now, Houston is 11-12, and 12, but no James Harden, so maybe that's to be expected. But New Orleans, I know a lot of people figured with, with Zion playing full minutes, they'd be up there. Dallas, 11-14, and 14, that's a shocker. Uh, you know, Denver being as bad as they are at 12-11, and 11, that's obviously a, a huge shock. Uh, I, I tell you, good, good luck to, uh, dealing with the Western Conference. And even Golden State, now I know they lost Klay Thompson late, but I still thought Golden State was going to be a, a pretty good team, and yet they're a 500 basketball team at 12 and 12. And it's got a boy. You have literally one, two, three. Well, let's do this. Way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You have eight teams within two spots of the final playoff spot in the West. That's going to be a crazy, crazy finish. I tell you, both NHL and NBA could be great finishes this year. Opposite picks coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, LLs know what that music means. Time to take out your pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio, Opposite Picks. What are Opposite Picks, you newbies ask? Well, we give you 7,000 reasons why we like one team and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas. And uh, we will prove it again this week, although we did go 1-5 yesterday with our picks. But that's okay. It was the anti-reverse because we didn't get them on the radio because we uh, didn't have time Sunday night, so we posted them on the website. Back on the radio we go and back on the profitable side of things, no doubt. Here we go. First of our six-pack today, all college basketball games. Dookie Pukie's laying seven versus Notre Dame. I know the Irish have played a little bit better of late, but they still stink. Duke has played lousy of late, but at least they can be halfway decent. They have lost five of their last seven. They're on the cusp of playing themselves out of the NCAA tournament. They cannot afford to lose games like this, especially at home. After losing to rival North Carolina on Saturday, I'm expecting a monster effort, which should be more than enough to take down the Irish, who are just 3-5 and five on the road this season. And they've already lost by 10 to Duke at home earlier this year. Love the Dukey-Pukies laying just seven. Give me Notre Dame, plus the seven. Pick number two, Michigan State minus three versus Penn State. Michigan State is only a three-point home favorite over Penn State. This is basketball, right? Not football. I mean, I know Michigan State has struggled this year, but are they going to basically lose at home to Penn State? No freaking way. I mean, State snapped its four-game losing streak with a nice double-digit home win versus Nebraska last time out. 
Uh, but, you know, they, they are the better team overall because despite their faults, they are 7-2 and two straight up at home this year. 7-2. and two. What's Penn State's road record, you ask? Well, how does 1-6 sound? So I got 7-2 and two at home, Michigan State versus 1-6 and six on the road, Penn State, and all I have to do is lay three? Oh, I love Michigan State here. Give me Penn State plus the three. Pick number three. Penn State getting one at Bowling Green. Wow, you talk about a wacky line. Maybe the boys in Vegas are punch drunk from the blue Gatorade spilled at the Super Bowl. Why is Kent State getting a point, only a point at Bowling Green? Kent, they've won seven of nine, including a win over the same dopey Bowling Green team two weeks ago. Bowling Green is seeing red of late. They've lost five in a row, including three as favorites. Clearly, the season has worn down this club, which somehow lost at home as 13-point favorites against god-awful Western Michigan its last time out. This team, the you know, Bowling Green, has waved a white flag on the season. They're going to get crushed tonight by Penn State. Or by, uh, by Kent State. Give me Bowling Green minus the one. Pick number four, St. John's getting two and a half at Butler. Uh, don't look now, folks, but here comes the Red Storm. Yeah, the Storm, otherwise known as the Johnnies, otherwise known as the Redmen, otherwise known as Louis Boys. They got more nicknames than they have wins. Uh, the boys from Queens have won six in a row to very much get back into the NCAA tournament picture. And they beat the same Butler team three weeks ago by double digits. No reason to think they can't do it again tonight. Butler's just 4-7 and seven its last 11 games. Loves St. John's to keep it rolling, getting 2.5. Give me Butler minus the 2.5. Pick number 5, TCU laying 6 versus Iowa State. TCU isn't great. They're not god-awful. They're 10-7. Uh, same can't be said for Iowa State, though. They have just two wins all season. Yeah, two. They're 2-11 two and 11 overall. Winless in the Big 12 at 0-8, and, and now all I have to do is lay six points with TCU? Oh, this is too easy, folks. This is the second lowest point spread total all season for Iowa State, which is just 5-8 and eight against the spread this year anyway. Eight of their 11 losses have come by six points or more. I love TCU at home laying just six. Give me Iowa State plus the six. Pick number six, James Madison laying four at Elon. Speaking of bad basketball teams, Elon fits the bill nicely. Just what is an Elon? I have no idea. All I do know is they suck. Winless in conference play. 0-5 in the Colonial, while James Madison is 5-1 in the Colonial. So I have the second-place team in the Colonial, James Madison, versus the last-place team in the Colonial, Elon, and all I have to do is lay four points? You talk about being way too easy. Elon lost to the same James Madison team by 21 last week. 21! And now all I have to do is lay four? Oh, man, you'd have to be the biggest mope, moron, muttonhead, meathead, mush, bird, brain, basket case, blowhard, dunce, tim, with dork, dope, fool, jackass in the world to put American money on Elon. Give me Elon plus the four. Our opposite picks for this Tuesday, February 9th, all college basketball today. Notre Dame plus seven. Penn State plus three. Bowling Green minus one. 
Butler minus two and a half. Iowa State plus six. And it pains me to say it, but give me Elon the Phoenix plus four against James Madison. Opposite picks for February 9th. All right, there you go. Uh, picks again posted on the website. Getting those up uh, later on this morning in case you missed it driving to work. Don't have time to write that stuff down. And I do appreciate all the people that email me whenever I don't put the picks up there. Uh, they do. Uh, if it's not there, they, they definitely let me know. So uh, don't worry. They definitely will be posted. So uh, good luck on all that stuff. Yeah, some some good ones. Some nice, some funky lines. I, I don't, you know, why is uh, St. John's getting two and a half? They're playing great. I mean, Butler stinks. And you're going to give me two and a half. And that line was pick them last night when I put it together. And I just looked, uh, you know, and I updated it. And Butler's laying two and a half. Kent State getting one against Bowling Green. I mean, are you kidding me? They won seven of nine. They're one of the better teams in the MAC. Bowling Green is just awful at this point. They've lost five in a row. They haven't covered any of those games. You know, and yet you're going to give me a point with that team? And you can't put American money on Iowa State. I mean, you got to be nuts to put American money on a team that's 0-8 in conference play. You're only getting six. It's not like, you know, you have a great chance to cover the spread and not win the game. Uh, yeah, some good ones, some real good ones. And I know it's tough because if you went to the website yesterday and you saw the opposite picks and you went 1-5 going opposite, you know, so 5-1 and one with our real picks, uh, you know, it's difficult to go right back to the well going opposite of what you really like, but you got to pick a side. People ask me all the time, you know, which uh, you know which side should I play? I said, first of all, I don't spend other people's money. I don't let people spend my money, so I don't tell you how to spend your money with this stuff. So if you want to go with the teams I like, you take James Madison, TCU, St. John's, Kent State, Michigan State, and Duke. If you want to go with the you know the opposite picks, then you go on the other direction. You go Notre Dame, you go Penn State, you go Bowling Green, you go Butler, you go Iowa State, and you go Elon. The only thing I would tell you is you got to be consistent. You're going to have some ups and you're going to have some downs. You know you're not going to go. Although we've had a great, I I must say, uh, in all seriousness, we have had a great run going opposite. Uh, what, what was the record? Seventy. Uh, where are we here? Seventy. Blah blah blah. blah. It uh, was 66 and 40, and then we went 1 and 5. So what's that, 67 and 45, something along those lines. We got updated on the website. Um, so by going, we've only literally, I think last night was only the third day we've had a losing record going opposite. So is the duck going to change? Is it going to eventually even out? You know, it usually evens out to be about the same, but uh, but be consistent. That's the key. Don't go opposite one day and then lose and then go the other way the next day because chances are you'll lose that one. You got to you pick a, pick your poison here. But, um, uh, again, they'll be posted on, on the website. Uh, a couple of other games tonight, you know, that, you know, I thought about, but, you know, you can't play them all. Although the more you play, the actual – I know this is going to sound crazy – the better you are if you go opposite. Uh, K- Kentucky's laying just two tonight against Arkansas. You know, how far down will the Wildcats go? You know, you had uh, Dickie V this past weekend yell and scream on TV about how people on the Internet. Now, I don't take the Internet seriously, but some people do. Listen, people have lost their jobs over people tweeting stuff. So uh, people are calling for Calipari. Some are calling for Calipari's head at Kentucky. One bad year. So I don't know if the the Wildcats will use uh, that and, uh, you know, win one for the Gipper tonight. Will Kentucky continue to falter? Arkansas is a pretty good team. Not a great team, but a pretty good team. 
Kentucky, meanwhile, has lost one, two, three, four, five, six of their last seven. I mean, they have just gone completely in the tank. Uh, at this point, they'd have to win the SEC championship to get to the NCAA tournament, so they're not really playing for anything right now. No hand, no, no, no home crowd, although the game is at home. Um, boy, it's, it's, it's hard not to play Arkansas on that one, but it's still difficult to say, give me a team to basically win, right, you know, at Kentucky. That's very, very difficult to do. I'd say go Texas against Kansas State because that Kansas State team is just brutal, laying 14, but that's a big number. Um, you know, I, I can't do that. Like Texas Tech against West Virginia, but again, that's a pretty good number. Six is, you know, if that was three and a half, I'd say okay. But at six, uh, I think I'm going to lay off that. You know, Creighton laying seven and a half at Georgetown. The Hoyas, you know, got the, you know back-to-back covers. In fact, they've covered three in a row. They've won, um, you know, two of their last three coming off a decent 10-point road loss at uh, Villanova. And then Creighton is uh, coming off um, a win against Marquette. Uh, but they haven't covered the spread in a while. They're 1-6 they're and six against the spread their last seven games. So, again, if that number was a little lower, I would say, you know, do that. But uh, first meeting between those two teams, so I, I, uh, I shied away from that one. Um, that's the only really other one that uh, I liked. You know, Colorado State over New Mexico, but at 18, that was too big of a number. And, uh, and that's really it. So, uh, NBA, we went through the NBA. NHL, as we uh, look at some of the lines here, you know, you got to keep on. It, it's I tell you, NHL is very difficult because the, all these back-to-back games. But I must say, I'm going to spend today. I'm going to, you know, Detroit uh, is playing Florida. They beat Florida on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Big upset for the Red Wings. They don't beat anybody, right? I'm going to spend time today and go through these NHL games and see what the records are of the clubs that lose the first of these back-to-back. Now, the problem with the NHL is that they play three and sometimes four in a row. Um, You know, it's rare to get back-to-back under normal circumstances, but this year you're getting them all the time. But I am curious to see how the teams do, especially the favorites like Florida. You know, how they do in the second game of back-to-backs. Do they rebound? I mean, you know, are there many times where that underdog team would actually win two in a row? I mean, if you're, you know, you want to lay 220 on Florida, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, if uh, that team that lost the first time around ends up winning, you know, seven of the next eight, then it is worth, you know, laying a two to one if you want to do that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do that. I tell you, the team that, you know, that, that Chicago Blackhawks team getting buck 40 at Dallas, that team's actually turning out to be a halfway decent team. You know, if, if, if you play them, Every game, you might uh, end up winning some shekels. They're a lot better than what people thought they would be this season. Right around 500 hockey. Which, if you get monster odds every game, you're going to be a winner if they just continue along that pace. I will close up shop next. Opposite picks on a Tuesday morning with Scott Wetzel, Sirius 6 I'm a fool, fool. I've been such a fool. I'm blowing my SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Uh, check out the poll question one more time, although it will be posted all day long, so we'll update that tomorrow morning before we do our new poll question. MLB rule you hate the most from last year. Runner on second base wins it hands down so far. 53% of the vote, seven-inning doubleheader game, uh, getting 26% of the vote, expanded postseason, nearly 14, and then the DH in both leagues getting uh, just over 6% of the vote. John uh, tweets in, man on second base comes with one out too, right? It's like whipple ball. No, he doesn't. You get a runner on second base and nobody out. Uh, then Michael Carter tweeted in, a lot of travel baseball leagues have this rule. Drives us umpires crazy. So I, I would, uh, you know, I don't know why that would necessarily drive the umpires crazy. But, um, you know, it, 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 travel baseball, I think, uh, is a little different scenario, I suppose. A couple of stories here we didn't have time to delve into too much. Uh, Mercer Stanford last night. Uh, Sam, not Stan, Stanford, 156.5 over under. Game goes, to, they had 118 points. Game goes to overtime. Kid hits a three with a second left. Game goes to double overtime. Ends up sailing over 171 points, 89-82. Tough, bad beat. No North Carolina-Miami last night. Game was postponed uh, two hours before the game after the school's newspaper had a Snapchat video that showed two of the North Carolina basketball players partying with masks off. Uh, no mask on after their uh, win over the Dookie Pukies. So, got to happen. Undefeated Baylor postseason uh, postponing three more games because of the coronavirus. So, uh, they've already missed two. So, make that now five games that they are going to miss. Getting worse and worse. Super Bowl ratings in. Uh, no surprise, Kansas City has the biggest number. Uh, believe it or not, Boston has the second highest number in the country. Not Tampa Bay, but Boston. How interesting is that? Uh, good job by everyone involved, as they always are. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here on Opposite Pick Series, XM Channel 204. Go to the website, hit the contact Scott icon if you want to email me. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Be safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Opposite Picks.